Well, hello, everybody. Jeremiah Richards, Mountain Man Survival. How y'all doing today? Well, it's been a couple months since I've talked to you. A lot in my life has changed. I sold my business. I sold my house. I moved out of the city. I am uh, as deep into the country as I can get. I... uh, I've changed my whole life. I'm living off-grid. I'm building my homestead right now. Um, I don't think I've ever been happier in my life. You know, I used to to get up every morning and I'd, I'd listen to what was going on in our government and, you know, and see what was going on with the country and all these things. And... Oh, man, it had me wound up so dang tight. Now I'm out here in the country. You know, right now, I'm watching the sun go down. I'm in the middle of the forest on my own property. And uh, my closest neighbor lives probably half mile away, if that. Maybe a little bit further. Might be three quarters of a mile away. And uh, that's through some really thick, dense forest. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're building our homes. I just poured the foundation to my shop. You know, I got to build a shop so that uh, I can build my house. I want to build my wife a really nice, beautiful home. And so I want to have a shop that uh, I can work, have all my tools and everything, and I can build a real nice house. But I hope you're all doing good. Um, I I got on tonight because I wanted to tell you that there is a better life out there. And if, if you have the ability to get out of the city and change your life, it is it is so worth it. You know, life changes. What I've done is, I don't think most people have the guts to do it. I I don't think most people have the drive to do it. But my kids are happier. My wife is happier. My wife, she, she struggled with depression and anxiety her whole life. And we're out here in the middle of the forest. And she is happier than I have ever seen her in her whole entire life. Um, yeah, it's funny. I, we, we, uh, the other day we went down to the back of our property. We, we got, you know, um, little over 70 acres of forest and, uh, we were driving the four-wheeler down on the backside of the property and, uh, I told her, I says, so how do you like your backyard now? And she just had this great big grin on her face. And she's like, I absolutely love it. You know, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to step out of society, but still stay in society, you know, because I mean, we still got to go into the doctor. We still got to buy gas that there is still things that we have to do with society and so I still have to work, but 
because I don't have the big house payment anymore, because I don't have all those bills. I mean, I have cut my bills down to pretty much nothing. Now, I can work two weeks out of the month and everything is paid for. All of our necessities are paid for. And then the rest of the time, I'm working on my own homestead slash ranch. Uh, Tomorrow, I'm picking up, I bought uh, my start on cows again. So I'm picking up my my cow calves tomorrow. And uh, I got bottle calves for the simple purpose of I want my kids to grow up having the experience of bottle feeding baby cows and taking care of those cows and learning how to work those cows, you know. And I've done my research and I found out what uh, breeds I wanted to get. I found out what's hardier, what's uh, disease resistant, you know, a low maintenance cow that uh, is a good milk cow and a good beef cow and all that kind of stuff. You know, I like a cow that has lots of marbling in it. And so, um, you know, I've talked to butchers. I've talked to all just as many people as I could and read a bunch online. And I've, I've like my calf, we got a, it's called a Dexter and they're a miniature cow. And they're supposed to have the, one of the best flavored meat that you can get in the cow uh, population, in the, in the cow breeds. And then we, our calf, he's half Dexter, and then he's half Belted Galloway. And the reason why we went with that cross is because the Galloways are very disease-resistant. They don't, they don't get sick very often. They have a really good immune system, and they have an undercoat. And so they stay warmer in the winter. So because of that, less feed, you know, there's, there's lots of bonuses to that. And so I'm, I'm really excited. You know, we've got the pins up and uh, we're picking them up tomorrow. We've got our foundation in for our shop and uh, life is good. I mean, we're, we're right now we're completely off grid um, we are having power ran into the house, but we've been without power now, without being hooked up to city power for probably two months. We don't have any running water. All the water that we have, I have to haul in and I'm bringing it in from a spring. I go down to a spring And I pump it out of the spring into great big containers and drive it back to the house and fill our cistern up. And we have to filter all of our drinking water. I mean, there's a lot to it. But when it comes down to it, I know everything that is going on on my piece of property. And um, I've made some friends out here in the forest, you know, some, some... just down to earth people live out here. They're not they're not concerned about the world, if that makes sense. You know, my neighbor, he lives about a half mile to three quarters of a mile away. They just left here. And uh 
this guy, he is the he is the gold of the earth. He is just a an awesome guy. You know, his wife is an amazing woman. They have they have two children that they're raising together. And uh, you know, they they were both married before and then uh he has two kids and you know they got married. But for a stepmom, you couldn't ask for anything better. She treats those kids like gold. And it's amazing to watch them, you know. But here's something that just popped into my head. You know, this podcast is all about being, you know, survival, preparedness, that kind of stuff. So I I grew up and I have practiced my bushcrafting all throughout the western side of the United States in the Rockies. And now I'm in the middle of the country. And the forests out here are, they're all hardwoods. We, I mean, there's red oak and white oak and all these different breeds of oak plus all these different types of walnut. And you have maples and, I mean... There are a few pines out here, but they're very few and far between. There's, uh, there are cedars out here, not pinyon pines like what's out, you know, in Utah and the Rockies. There's actual cedar trees, great big cedar trees out here, but it's a lot different out here. It's a different world. You know, it's kind of been a real eye opener to me. Um, I tell you what though. I have never in my life wanted a set of buckskins so bad in my life. My property, we have wild blackberries everywhere. And they taste pretty good. But it is the thorniest, nastiest freaking crap. If I never see another blackberry bush in my life, uh, I think I'd be 100% fine. Imagine a nasty rose bush tenfold, and that's what you get with these blackberries out here. And so it's funny. I go out in the out in the woods here on my property now, and I'll throw on my riding chaps, you know, so that I have you know leather on the front of my legs. And uh, I've got to where I'll grab my welding jacket. You know, it's kind of like a a half of a shirt, so it covers goes all the way down my arms with uh, leather and I put on leather gloves and then I can, you know, I can go through the brush and it's not that bad. But I I think back to, you know, the mountain man era and how they didn't wear the city clothes. They wore buckskins and their clothes was 100% different than the city people. And I can tell you why. You know, I have, I have learned firsthand, you know, this, this, uh, um, these fancy hunting clothes that you get, I I still love them. Okay. I, I love the, the stretchy hunting pants. It's my, my wife, she laughs at me because I call them my naked pants. You know, it feels like you're not wearing nothing, but, uh, man, you wear these out in the woods out here. And those thorns, they go straight through it. I mean, straight through. You'll spend three hours picking thorns out of your legs. You wear just those through the woods out here. You got to have something. You got to have Kevlar on your legs 
and on your arms. You know, the first week I was out here, you know, trying to bust a road into my property where we could start building our houses and that kind of stuff, I was tore up. I mean, I'm talking about blood covered every day because of the thorns and and everything out here. And uh, it was crazy. You know, it's, it's been a big eye-opener. You know, um, footwear out here. I've always wore a good pair of of hiking boots. You know, I've always wore hiking boots. Good leather boots with a rubber sole. But out here in the Midwest, you know, out here in uh, where I'm at, I'm out, you know, I've got Arkansas a little ways away from me. I, I'm living in Missouri now. But uh, in all these surrounding sta- states, there's a lot of snakes out here. You know, we have the timber rattler. We have copperheads. Those are the two main ones. Um, you get into the rivers, you have cotton mouse. Man, I tell you what, me and my family, we were down on a, on a river swimming, and it was just a beautiful river, just absolutely gorgeous, you know. And uh, I look up, and I see something swimming across the river. And I told my family, I says, get out of the river, get on the shore, get over here. And uh, I grabbed my rifle, and we're out in the country, you know. And uh, I shot that sucker, and it was a great big, huge cottonmouth. Great big cottonmouth. No, it was a water moccasin. I apologize. It was a water moccasin. Great big water moccasin. And those things are vicious. They're meaner than hell. They'll chase you down. And uh, it, it's been an eye-opener, you know, out there in, out in Utah where I, where I lived. You really didn't have very many reptiles you had to worry about. You had the regular rattlesnake. But uh, that's about it. And they were mainly out in the desert. They weren't up in the mountains. You know, but out here, out in the forest and stuff, there's there's snakes all over. And uh, this year, it was really bad tick season. There's just ticks everywhere. You know, every night you got to strip down and you got to check yourself for ticks. You got to check your animals for ticks. And the chiggers. Oh, buddy, I tell you what, chiggers. That is a whole nother ball game. And so a lot of people, you know, when we first moved out here, I, I do ask around. I, I'm not one of these people that says that uh, I know everything. I'm always trying to learn. There's this guy in my ward out here, and he keeps apologizing to me. He's like, I'm sorry for just trying to, you know, dump all this information on you. And I'm like, no, tell me. I want to know. Please tell me. But uh, anyways... You know, I'm always trying to learn. And uh, a lot of people out here is like, oh, you got to use DEET. You got to use DEET. You got to get the 100% DEET bug spray to keep those ticks and chiggers off of you. No. You know, the stuff I used in Utah, it's this Sawyer brand. It it doesn't have any DEET in it. And it works great. You put it on your clothes and uh, it says you got about 40 washings before it wears off. We've, we've come to find that it's probably not 40, but uh, maybe 20 washings. But that's still pretty good. You know, you can tell when it when it starts to wear off because you'll start getting ticks on you again and stuff. But, uh, and, and the chiggers start crawling on you. But I tell you what, I have learned that as soon as you get back from the woods and you've been out where through pushing through the brush and stuff... If you've got any little itches on you, it's chiggers. 
and you take rubbing alcohol and you just wipe you wipe down where your socks you know where the top of your socks were where your belt was you just got to wipe yourself down with alcohol now to kill those chiggers because if you don't you'll get these little blisters where those chiggers have been eating on you you know it's crazy but i tell you what my life out here in the woods away from away from the chaos away from the city the the politics it is it's amazing you know we're planting our gardens we're we're getting ready to start planting our orchards here soon you know i'm i'm preparing the soil for the orchards we just got our first greenhouse built so that uh, i can get my my fall and winter garden going you know we're we are building like crazy out here getting ready for winter but also we're getting to where we're trying to get off the grid as much as possible you know so we have a where we're at there's no there's no city water if you want to have fresh clean drinking water you have two options you can haul it in or you can have a well put in and a well is a huge investment um it's costing us $22,000 to put in a well. And so we decided that that was a necessity. We have to have water. You know, I have to have water for my livestock. I have to have water for my family. You know, water is a very important thing. Now, here here where we live, it rains a lot. And we could put up some some water catchers and that kind of stuff. But... To me, it was worth worth putting in the well. But it's funny the the well drilling company. You know, I've talked I've talked to a lot of people around here about their wells. Uh, I've been doing my research. I've, I've been trying to do as much research as I can and talk to as much people. And the thing that I found out about wells is you can go down to the county office, and they have every well that is put in on record. Now. That kind of worries me in a way. It kind of bothers me just because I don't want people knowing what I have on my property. It's no one's business that I have a well. But on another hand, it is kind of a good thing for the simple fact of is you can see how deep other people around you had to drill to get their water. And so everybody around me has had to go down about 350 to 400 feet. Well, where I'm at, they're in a drought this year. And it's funny because their drought is like... The wettest year in Utah I've ever been in. I, I saw. I'm just like going. Well, heck, I I hate to see a, a rainy year, you know, a wet year because this is just it's beautiful to me. And so, but I told the well, the drilling company, I says I want to go down 500 feet. I want to be at least 100 feet deeper than everybody else. So if that water table in the ground ever drops. I'm deeper than everybody else, and I'm going to have water when other people don't. And that's not being snobbish. To me, that's it's just the, the preparedness in me coming out. So, But the downfall about a well is it takes power to get the water out of the ground. So what we're doing is 
we're putting in a cistern, a big tank, to where the well will run our houses, but it'll keep a great big huge water tank full of water at all times. So if we ever lose power, we've already got so many thousand gallons out of the ground, sitting in a container, ready to be used, you know, ready for the animals and us and everything else on our property. You know, so it's been actually a real pleasure putting stuff together, you know, trying to figure out everything. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had people say, well, why haven't you started building your house? Why are you only building your shop? And one thing that I'm trying to do is I'm trying to watch the land that I'm on and I want to see what all the seasons do here. You know, how the water acts during the rainy season. See what the snow load's like. I want to see how I can best utilize the property to my to my ability. You know, for for the best use for me and my family and for the property. You know, so we have a couple of uh, draws that we have that's on the property that I'm going to start putting in uh, a dam on. And we're going to be putting ponds in so we can stock it with fish. And we also will have water storage for animals, you know. And but we have spent the whole summer watching where the runoff's going, you know, what area pulls the water in. That those kind of things, you know, planning out where we're going to have corrals, where we're going to have pasture land for animals, where we want the orchards and the gardens. And there's just so many things to plan. It, it's. It is it is stressful, but it is the funnest thing in the world. I wake up every morning with a smile on my face. I go to bed dead tired dead tired every day today's sunday and uh we drove into town and went to church and i tell you what i got back from church and i went down and i just laid down and took a three-hour nap and uh it's nine o'clock at night where i'm at now and i'm ready for bed again and tomorrow morning i'll be up at 5 a.m watching the sun come up and working my living guts out all day, you know, just another day getting getting one step closer. It's awesome. We got uh we got our first greenhouse up and right now until I get the shop built, we're using the greenhouse as a storage shed. You know, and uh we put pallets down on the ground and we put plywood on top of the pallets so we could start putting shelving up. Sorry, you can hear my dogs. They, they, there's something in the woods, probably some deer around. But uh, started putting shelving up in there, putting the shelves together and putting totes in there and, you know, trying to get stuff unloaded and get to where we can start using it. And uh, my wife's like, she's like, we're finally home. And I'm like, we are home. So I, I don't know if this is that much for uh mountain man survival but i just want you guys everybody to know that there is happiness out there and it's not living in the cities it's it's not competing with the joneses it's out living in the dirt 
you know, looking at your kids and having them be completely filthy. You know, for the first month we were here, um, in order for everybody to get a good bath, we went down to the local river and just went swimming. You know, it's funny, you know, because bathing in a camp trailer shower, it's not that fun. They're really tiny. So we'd just throw the swimming suits on the kids and uh, we'd go out and just go swimming for an hour or two in the evening. We'd have dinner right there on the, right there at the river and, you know, let the kids swim and play in the river and and uh, knock all the dirt off of them and go home and go to bed and get up and do it all again the next day. We'd work all day long and about six or seven we would be dead tired and sweaty and nasty and we'd grab our swimsuits and head to the river and i tell you what it it's been an amazing time it's been an amazing amazing adventure so this is jeremiah richards mountain man survival i want everybody out there to have a good night i hope that everything's going good for you i hope that you're uh getting some food put away, getting some money put away, getting out of debt, trying to get out of uh, the cities as much as possible. Move out of places where people don't have the same mindset as you. Get out. This is Jeremiah Richards, Mountain Man Survival.